Are we at one of those moments in history in which there is uh, the necessity for a new world order? There's a need for a new world order. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Thousands of people gathered to hear Barack Obama deliver key foreign policy speech on his current European tour. The Democratic presidential hopeful laid out his vision for America's place in a new world order. A world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. After 1989, President Bush kept said, and it was a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order, and instead it looks like we got a lot of disorder. And we still, when, and after 9-11, we've been more sensitive to the disorder. In the there is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once, and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. World order. When we are successful, and we will be, and we will be. days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and 
and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz, I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who had used, used to work for me, and one of the generals called me in. He said, sir, you got to come in. you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq? Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later. And by that time, we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk. He picked up a piece of paper. And he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense office today. And he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. The truth is about the Middle East is, had there been no oil there, it would be like Africa. Nobody is threatening to intervene in Africa. The problem is the opposite. We keep asking for people to intervene and stop it. And there's, uh, there's no question that the presence of petroleum throughout the region has sparked great power involvement. Whether that was the specific motivation for the coup or not, I can't tell you. But but there was definitely, there's always been this attitude that somehow we could intervene and use force in the region. Well, let's go live to geopolitical analyst uh, Patrick Hennings and uh, joins us live. Thanks for joining us on RT International today, uh, Patrick. Um, truly a, uh, a heartbreaking image, uh, hasn't, isn't it? Uh, we've seen many from the, uh, the war coming through. This is just the latest of a series. And um, it, pictures like this are often used by media to push a narrative, to politicize. Is that a right thing to do? Um, I think it's uh, much worse than that. It's much more serious than that. This uh, image went viral, but if you notice, uh, newspapers and a lot of media outlets didn't actually run the whole video. Obviously, newspapers can't, only on their websites. But they took a still. If you actually watch the whole video, uh, I, I hate to say it, but it looks completely staged. Uh, you have this uh, moment where they're taking this boy out of this dark corner and there's 15 people standing around with expensive cameras filming it. Uh, not exactly a scene for first responders. And then they take the boy and they leave him on a seat and no one's attending to him. It, it does look as if it was staged for the cameras and used in, uh, in a very divisive way by the Western media uh, to maybe further uh, their agenda that they're trying to sell right now with regards to Aleppo. Mm. Of course, there'll be no doubt an investigation into it to determine exactly if, if, if that was staged or real. But, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of media coverage, both sides here. Uh, we've run through quite a lot. One, one of them, Sky News, for example, they actually did an interview from Aleppo. It was an interview with a, uh, a rebel leader, uh, formerly affiliated with Al-Qaeda, of course. That's a, a terrorist organization recognized by uh, the West and Russia and the Syrian government. Uh, the photo there was published next to a, a well-known image um, of that boy. Um, do you think that could be perhaps be misconstrued as uh, you know by the by the the audience? Could that be perhaps 
linking two things which aren't linked? Look, this, this, this follows a long pattern which is really being ramped up right now. This is a media war. This is a public relations war. And they're trying, the Western media, uh, with the support of Western governments who have been backing the so-called rebels who are basically terrorists in East Aleppo right now, this, this group centered there. Um, they're pushing this narrative uh, that this is a, a rebel-held area and that these are no longer uh, al-Nusra, it's been rebranded, no longer affiliated. It's all terrorist-held, the whole of East Aleppo. The Times ran a story today on the front page saying 300,000 people uh, in East Aleppo and so forth. They didn't even mention the 1.5 million people in West Aleppo in the government-held area that have fled there for safety and protection, okay? There's people not being allowed to get to the west side because they're, they're being kept from leaving. There's uh, people being targeted. There, there's 300,000 people, many of which are terrorists and their families and holdouts, people wanting to hold on to their properties or businesses. And then there's people who aren't being allowed to leave, uh, being used as human shields. So the way this is being spun in the Western media is breathtaking. Uh, and it's a very concerted effort across all mainstream media outlets, uh, mainly in the United States and Britain. I can speak for the English language media, but not maybe for some other countries, but this is exactly what I've seen. Uh, and this has been going on for quite some time now. And speaking, staying on the subject of media and uh, who exactly is given a platform, who exactly is covered in that. I mean, this particular rebel is, is a pretty controversial uh, militant, uh, certainly one that may not be considered moderate by all sides, and yet he's been given platform to speak on a major, respectable uh, international news outlet. What do you make of that? Um, it's uh, giving, supporting, uh, giving PR support to terrorist organizations is essentially what it was. No matter how you package it or spin it uh, for any of these uh, broadcast networks or newspapers, they are giving PR backing and support and trying to rehabilitate, resuscitate. CNN uh, ran a piece uh, trying to resuscitate the image of the suicide bomber, okay, and these uh, former al-Nusra uh, uh, affiliates. So it's incredible uh, what, they're trying, what they're attempting to do, but the, the public is, on the whole, not buying it. And uh, we're seeing some, you know, amazing spin. It's, it's amazing. And also the barrel bombs talking point, this is being recycled as well. Uh, no reports of uh, re uh, terrorists hell cannon attacks on civ indiscriminately on civilian areas in West Aleppo, uh, targeting civilians indiscriminately and all, all around Syria for that matter, okay? These are people who've been funded, trained, uh, equipped, armed by uh, Western countries, okay? And so you can call them rebels, but they are terrorists, okay? They are Islamicists, and if Aleppo falls to the Islamicists, you'll have a repeat of Mosul in Iraq. And then, so problem, reaction, solution, here we are back to zero again. So this is a very important battle right now, going on right now today. All right, geopolitical analyst uh, Patrick Hennigan, thanks for joining us. Certainly a, a difficult situation uh, in Aleppo there. Let's hope media report uh, both sides to give people a clear picture of what's going on. And the goal for the United States is destabilize Syria.
Moment of Rage with Jeremiah Harding. It is Wednesday, the 19th of April, 2017, and you are listening to Moment of Rage with Jeremiah Harding on JournalisticRevolution.com and IPMNation.com. The songs you heard today were Martyrdom by Defiant. One of them was the Amro's Terminator Seeds. And at the end of this recording, I'll play uh, Worm Suicides, We Stand Belligerent. Uh, the news clips and interview things you heard was the clip I just can't get enough of, which is Sean Spicer divulging the U.S. plan to destabilize Syria, accidentally, I'm sure. Unless, of course, it was one of those CIA store within a story distraction tactics where they they put a little nugget in there so that people go down that, that rabbit hole. Um, which, by the way, if you want to learn more about that, please check out the globalresearch.ca uh, article on CIA store within a story tactics. It's like, it's one of those subjects which... If you start to really think about it, think about like, like if you know a really good liar, maybe, like how they know how to lead somebody down a tunnel just by suggesting certain things. Well, imagine how easily you could lie if you had control over the media. Um, but there was that, there was... Two clips which I found because of the Corbett report uh, in his short presentation, which, by the way, please check him out. His conspiracy theory videos are fucking hilarious, and they're also on point. Um, and the latest one is about the obvious scam of the Syria strikes and the justifications therein. And he includes sources for all of his, all of his claims so that you can uh, research these things for yourself and really look into this and find out, hey, you know, this guy's not just blowing smoke up my ass. Uh, but he had sources in, his, uh, in the article associated with his video where he, like, it was basically a transcript with links. Uh, and one of the, the, two of the links were to uh, the, other, the other clips you heard, which were, uh, one of General Wesley Clark uh, talking about how wars were planned uh, seven countries in five years. That's the uh, the title of the video. General Wesley Clark, wars were planned seven countries in five years from Faceless with Eyes Open on YouTube, where he explains that he was just told one day, um, for reasons that weren't really explained to him, he guesses because they simply didn't know, um, that there would be, uh, conflicts in Iraq, then Syria, then Lebanon, then Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Iran. And all of these, uh, wars have since come to pass. The inter interview took place in, um, 2007. And it was uploaded by that channel on 2011. Uh, it has a Democracy Now! watermark, so I think it may have come from them originally, like it was one of their interviews or something. But um, but basically, it's justification of the Wolfowitz Doctrine, which, look it up. 
It's all about using the Middle East basically as a launch pad for U.S. foreign policy and establishment of a global uh, resource domination system. Not necessarily for resources, but definitely involving resources and involving the U.S. being prime, like having some sort of primacy where they're the most important uh, entity. Um, and, you know, basically American exceptionalism born out in American foreign policy. And the second video uh, was of uh, Russia Today interviewing Patrick Henningsen. Uh, and the video is called Patrick Henningsen Exposes the Weaponization of Children and the Genocidal War on Syria. And it's where he discusses the idea that the... the Aleppo boy may have been placed there. I mean, whether or not it was from some sort of real conflict, the Aleppo boy may have been placed there as media bait um, so that they could distract from the, the issues surrounding the, the, you know, the truth of the situation, uh, which is that Syria, of course, is a completely unstable region, but not any thanks to U.S. involvement, especially their support of the White Helmets, which is a known very very slimy institution um that is well well documented for staging events uh, like a sarin gas attack which they then passed off as like a mannequin challenge um and uh exploiting sympathies for overseas for for possible conflict but not actually helping in any dramatic sort of way. And there's a, a great interview, uh, I guess you could call it. I, I call it more of like a scalding review of a reporter's misleading questions uh, directed at somebody who does understand the UN, uh, the UN's involvement over there in the White Helmets and everything. Um, I, I don't remember who, who it was specifically, but but she goes into some detail about how um, and in fact, I think it's one of the sources in, in, in the Corbett transcript, so check that out and you'll probably find this pretty immediately. But a reporter asked this question of, of the UN uh, representative that he was talking to, and the, the, the question uh, involved people like the White Helmets. Um, and she essentially said that like most of the people there haven't even heard of these people. They... The, the struggle there has almost nothing to do with them and that mostly they're just a PR front for something or another. Um, and again, like, you know, just story within a, in a story shit. Um, I, I think it was like Eva Bartlett. Yeah. Um, sorry, fucking trying to remember who it was. Uh, it's fucking driving me insane. But uh, look up uh, Canadian... Eva Bartlett. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm looking up, looking at in my history now. Um, and look up that interview with her. Um, but Syria is a long series of hoaxes. It's a long series of lies and misdirections. And, it, it like, the whole thing is designed to build something up. Now, if if you're the sort of person I am you can jump right in on that and say, well, of course, Syria is being exploited. It's one of the few countries that hasn't adopted 
uh, fully the sort of central bank mentality. Um, it's one of the few countries that's still resource-rich and also central to a bunch of regions associated with Russia so that, you know, Donald Trump can play his political power game. Um, and, you know, it's it's also strategically placed in, in Eurasia, like the, the general region near Eurasia, um, where where they can have strategic footholds for the entire continent of Asia. And uh, if you start to look at things like that, well, obviously, the, the resources have been controlled for a very long time. The, the people there have been controlled for a very long time, radicalized, turned into Mujahideen, and used as, as, as foreign policy pistols against places like Russia, uh, against... Um, against the travel between between Africa and Asia and generally staples to keep US interests in place where they are because you know it's all about protecting the global trade racket i mean india couldn't be a global trading partner if the regions there weren't secured by US transports because it's hugely unstable because the markets there are almost all based in cheap goods and exploitation and treating people poorly, which is why the, the place, you know, near there, Dubai, has one of the worst human rights abuse records of any place in the world, and why there was an entire documentary filmed by Vice called The Slaves of Dubai, which, by the way, <laughs> if there are any gamers out there, please pick up Spec Ops The Line. It has enough, like, it has enough political intrigue in it to be interesting, and also you get to see Dubai fucked up. And if you're anything like me, seeing Dubai completely blown out by sand and completely destroyed is an almost cathartic experience because it's like a symbol of all of that you know, government-born wealth just collapsing and the sand blows through, and it's a very good game other than that, but, you know, it, that's the one of the main reasons I like it, because I got to see Dubai get fucked up. Um, see that terrible, inhumane empire crumble to the ground, you know? <clears throat> and, of course, you know, the, the, it's the game doesn't just stop there, but it, that, that's the, that, when I saw that, it wasn't, it wasn't hard for me to smile. And, of course, you know, the game descends into chaos, but... Um, aside from all of that, the, the message from the U.S. is clear. We're, we're going to destabilize Syria. Um, we're going to invade lots and lots of countries, um, so that we can establish regional footholds. And when we destabilize these regions, it'll, it'll be so that we can put in somebody that we appreciate like Gaddafi being ousted and then just another puppet dictator being thrown in there. And, you know, the country didn't improve, really. It just sort of changed hands. And, in fact, I think it made it worse for a time because the the instability caused a huge amount of st civilian casualties and uh, the, the, the wars over there didn't help either, keeping footholds in the place where, like, boots on the ground is something that, that, that people don't even deny. Um, and this is, this is like all really obvious to those of us who've been paying attention, but the mainstream media narrative, of course, and the narrative from the White House certainly is 
that all of this is for the good of Syria. Trump is protecting babies. <laughs> you know, as, as the president who has control over the proxy war system that hasn't slowed down uh, and certainly hasn't stopped, um, is going to care about children when U.S. foreign policy is based on treating collateral damage like something you recount before lunch. Um, don't believe these people, is what I'm saying. Uh, don't believe me. Do research. Look up the videos that I've talked about today. Uh, look up anything I talk about. Because that's the real weapon against the establishment. The real weapon against the establishment is not accepting what they have to say about any given situation simply because they say it. It's about not allowing your brain to default to that appeal to authority where you say, well, oh, this came from an official source, so clearly I have to believe that. Um, don't believe me. I, I am a cynic, I am a pessimist, and I am a skeptic, and I hope that even if none of you convert to those mindsets, which, you know, they're pretty uncomfortable, so I don't expect any of you to, um... But even if you don't, I want you to start looking into things as though you may be. Because you'll be surprised, you know, a lot of a lot of people, not necessarily you, but a lot of people will would be surprised to know what they fail to to, to grasp in the moment that can be understood from just a little bit of cross researching or just a little bit of of replaying the same footage over and over instead of just letting it wash over you. Because um, we live in a very attention span limited society and we have for a very long time now. It's not like I'm, you know, shitting on my generation. It's been happening for a very long time now. It's just, it's it's become profitable to force that which means that people are used to, in a very serious way, having extremely short videos, which is one of the reasons I'm very surprised that I have the listener base that I do on this, because these are fucking long. But, um, beyond all that, if you would just look over the same information and find out whether it's true or not, not because somebody said so, but because you found that, that what they were saying had some measure of accuracy or merit, that would be a good step toward freeing your mind, whoever you are, from whatever it is. And the control system, to me, like as far as I can tell, is mainly bent on the acquisition of power through the instilling of ignorance. It's designed to get you to believe things simply because they're told to you, and not because they make sense. Not because they passed the smell test, not because you've you you've seen these things yourself, but because somebody told you and it's an official source. Um, and you know that can't be changed just because it's not from an official source. Don't be don't be fooled. You can be misled by an alternative media outlet. You could be misled by me. I could be misled by somebody else and bring you bad information. But if that happens, I hope you point it out to me. Because I'm, I'm one of the, 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 the people in this alternative media movement that has the capability to immediately respond 
um, to criticisms and to immediately retract things. And if you're familiar with my social media presence at all, one of the things you'll know is that I'm willing and ready to admit every time I fuck up on some fact, every time I'm wrong and provably so, every time I insta-share a post and immediately get told, hey, this isn't true, I'll issue a public retraction. Um, so if you, if you hear any errors in my reporting, uh, please let me know. But that's exactly what I want you to do with everyone, whoever you are. Be skeptical. Look at what they're saying. Make sure it's true before you share it, before you spread it, before you become just another cog in the machine that runs on ignorance. Because that fuel is an unlimited supply the more people don't stand up and say, I want my information from good sources, not official ones, and I want my information to be reasonable, not rubber-stamped by some government alphabet soup agency. So... Now on to a slightly different subject, um, and only slightly, because it's still all statist garbage. Uh, yesterday was tax day, as many of you are aware, and one of the things that was discussed in, in, in my circles was whether or not taxation was theft, and some people seem to think that the fact that you could opt out by not paying, um meant that it wasn't theft. Well, I, I don't want to go on necessarily a rant. I'll keep this necessarily brief, but I'll, I just want to note that if somebody has a gun to your head and they're saying, give it to me or else, it can't be considered rationally anything but theft. I mean, whether or not you choose to accept that theft, whether or not you move on from that theft, uh, or what you do with that theft, it's still theft. The fact that somebody uh, has a gun to your head and they're saying, "Give like like a thug at an ATM or something, says, give me your money, you know, then that's still theft. It's still a theft in progress. The fact that you could probably disable him if you were well enough trained, uh, that's irrelevant. It's still theft. And if he successfully stole your stuff, it wouldn't be anything less than theft just because you handed it over. Even if he then flipped it and went like, you know, oh, I'm going to donate this to charity or I'm going to improve society in some way with it. It's still theft. So remember that. But to move on to a slightly broader point on that, um... When people argue for things like taxation isn't theft, they're often arguing with the same sort of reasoning that somebody might argue with argue with when they're supporting like a war in Syria. Well, this war in Syria is for human rights. He gassed his people. I mean, first, prove that, because trusting official sources has led the U.S. into... Uh, very terrible conflicts before. Let's, I mean, not forget the last Republican president we had and the powder in a vial that fucking guy was claiming was was a WMD proof. We have proof that there's WMDs on the ground and then they go there and whoops, we can't find any. But we found a lot of opium and we found a lot of oil and a couple years later, we found lithium, which is great for these batteries powered by the technology from our international allies. 
And the connections are obvious. You know, the connections are really obvious to anybody who's looking at them. So instead of, you know, asking, is taxation theft? It's, I thought theft was illegal, which is a point that has been made, oh man, too many times recently. Ask, would they be incentivized to make something illegal, even if it's theft, if it benefits them and runs their system the way they want? And that's exactly what it does. It's not... It's not actually paying for, like, the roads. My roads! It's not paying for any of that shit. It's not paying for war. It's not paying for medicine. It's not paying for any of that shit. What it's paying for is the principal and interest on government loans used to create money. Please watch Mike Malone's Gold Silver series on YouTube. Parts 1 to 4, but specifically Part 4 where he discusses the debt ceiling scam. The video used to be called The Biggest Scam in the History of Mankind. I don't know why he changed that, but, you know, whatever. It's a professional decision. I'm sure it probably had to do with something like, you know, over-sensationalism or the idea that uh, if the video is more about what the video crux is on, then maybe you'll get more views in the future because people click past that when they see the same thing that their conspiracy theorists, tinfoil family members have already sent them countless times. Um, but, you know, it's completely accurate, 100%. You know, I endorse it entirely because it's an easy way to explain to people how irrevocably fucked they are if they continue with the system the way it is, as it stands. Um, because our money system is designed to create more money. And by money, I don't actually mean money. I mean fiat currency. But they call it the money system. Um, so our currency creates more currency, and it allows more currency to be created in the, quote, um, private sector in the form of bank loans. And all of these loans create giant amounts of numbers in the system, which prices absorb like a sponge. And those prices that absorb it like a sponge don't actually affect the initial investment returns on those loans, um, which the private board at the Fed gets to collect on. They get to, you know, skiff a little bit off the top every time before the reports are filed, and so they don't lose any skin. They don't lose anything, and they get to invest that money in multinational corporations and win big. It's all about that profit motive, at least with regard to how the money system is run. And the government, even though this is a huge scam, allows it to run because the government engineered it so that they would have an unlimited spigot fucking tap to draw from. Uh, in terms of uh, a waterfall, a torrential rain, a hurricane of fucking unlimited fiat currency that can be quantitatively eased what out like a gigantic fucking shit whenever they want it to. And and this is what our system runs on. It runs on in, invisible numbers in computers generated without any real value backing them, without any physical material thing, you know, deciding that they that they get to be there as a representation of value. They don't represent any value, they represent trade deals. They represent uh, the interests of multinational corporations who get to force the dollar as the global currency through fucking scams like OPEC 
and who get to d then decide uh, how countries are run because, gee, you wouldn't want this dollar pulling out to have your dictator deposed like we did Gaddafi, like we did uh, uh, bin Laden after he was no longer of use as Tim Osmond of the CIA. I mean, this is serious shit. This is real. The, the entire financial system is based on the lies that create the money in the first place, and then the rest of the system is designed to perpetuate this fucking scam, because without it, the U.S. government and its fucking allies and hegemony couldn't continue to deal in the way that they were because they would have no political power to back it up. Oh, no dollar? I guess no OPEC. No OPEC? Oh, I guess no UN. We can't have a United Nations unless we get to suck a few countries dry and eventually make the U.S. the global dictator. And so taxation isn't only theft, but it's also the Ponzi scheme extortion racket that runs the entire global corrupt system. At least as fuel. I mean, the engine is, is much more complex than just the Fed. But without a system that lies people into believing the economic bullshit that causes the global empire of the U.S. to begin with, there would be no U.S. empire to begin with. You've got to have that first step of the scam. And global empire, for our protection, to, for humanitarian efforts, for, to protect babies, uh, wouldn't be possible if people actually had to be sustainable. It wouldn't be possible if people actually had to hold their own. They don't. Because we can spiral to nearly $20 trillion in debt. The future generations are then conscripted to pay without their consent, which is what makes it fucking theft, by the way. And they can spiral us deeply into debt because they have no accountability for the creation of money. The money is not worth anything. It's just fiat currency and therefore it's based entirely in the idea of 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 the hustle. It's it's based entirely in the idea of trying to find a way to make it seem like it has value when it doesn't. And so most people are just told not to think about it. They're told not to ask too many questions. And they're, t and they're told that basically the entire system must be run on this dollar. And then when this system is run on this dollar, and the entire system is run into the ground because it's a giant debt scam, then we end up with global systems of corruption that run really deeply to protect this scam. It's like any other sort of organized crime, and it's going to involve following certain rules, keeping certain things hushed, keeping certain people out of the picture, and uh, keeping that hustle going with the people who can keep it running. Janet Yellen is the most recent kingpin of that particular end of this empire. She gets to control that turf. And this is just the root. This is just like, without this, it'd just be tyranny and people would hate it but they can get people to believe that what they're doing is good and therefore believe that there's nothing wrong with what the government is doing in, quote, exchange. And that's the problem. 
that's the reason we need to start doing our own research because it's not the price we pay to live in a civilized society. It's the reason our society will fucking explode. There's only so much debt you can throw at the world before they eventually say pay up. And since the US dollar has no fucking value, when, when eventually everybody says, hey, pay up, we won't be able to. We won't be able to. The U.S. government won't be able to, and neither will all of the people that they say owe, like, a million dollars plus at that point, probably, of, of like, taxpayer liability. Um, when the, I mean, for fucking real, we live in a society where, at birth, people are conscripted into a system whereupon, when they start to earn money... The U.S. government claims they already owe a million dollars. Well, I mean, at this stage, 800,000 plus dollars, but let's round the fuck up, shall we? And we wonder why student loans are a fucking problem? Maybe because the society runs on this debt. Maybe if we started using actual valuable things and stopped this, this illusion, this bullshit illusion, this fairy tale that quantitative easing, fractional reserve banking, and the Federal Reserve slash Mint slash Treasury fucking IOU deal won't fucking implode. And that that won't cause a cataclysmic counter-reaction where everything explodes in the process. And it's the fucking Weimar Republic all over the goddamn world. I mean, people like to think that this is the first world and that this is the free world. Well, maybe this is only the first slash free world because this place is fucked up the rest of the places. And maybe the rest of the places wouldn't be so far goddamn back if the U.S. wasn't meddling in their affairs. Maybe the problem goes deeper than people we don't like and anti-freedom mindsets and religion. And maybe it's more like, hey, we shouldn't fucking do that. We shouldn't spread a global empire and then be surprised when that empire starts to crumble as did Rome. This is fucking... It's insane. It's insane that we live with this false pretense that society will be made better by the people that fucked it up. That we can vote in a better system with the system that we used to vote. That the electoral college won't piss in our eye and put in somebody that we never endorsed to begin fucking with. And like, I'm not even just talking about fucking Hillary slash Trump. What I'm talking about is every fucking election, we have a predetermined, gerrymandered, fucked-off version of democracy. And even if we didn't, guess what? It'd still be a lot of the population deciding no. It'd still be a lot of the population not going to the polls, not giving a fuck, and that part of the population wouldn't be represented. Oh, but that's why you should vote, you see? Because if all of those non-voters started voting, then maybe we could get a better system. Bullshit. Maybe if we started to analyze things on a more specific level, and maybe if we started to look at shit more critically, we could say, you know, get a society that didn't involve 
buggering off 46% of the population because 25.6% wanted Hillary or because 25.5% wanted Trump. And less, you know, even less than that, that the Electoral College decided that neither of those percentage points mattered because they have their fucking interests and they will always fucking win. Maybe we should get a society that runs on civility, on reason, on responsibility, instead of this society that runs on deviating and delegating responsibility and reason to people who are neither responsible nor reasonable. I mean, everybody loves to bag on government, but then suddenly when you suggest that there shouldn't be one, oh, that's terrible. No, don't do that. They pay for shit. Without government, who would do X? Well, if you're an ethical sort of person and you think that that thing should be provided, then you could do it. Uh, that'd be too hard. That'd be too hard to delegate properly. We need a government. Well, no, you're just lazy. We don't need a government. We need an anti-sloth initiative. We need an initiative to push people to, to, to be good enough that we're not foisting all of this bullshit onto future generations and fucking up the planet for them to clean up. I mean, that song, We Didn't Start the Fire, nobody seems to still be thinking about that shit. Nobody still seems to be thinking about how, hey, maybe we shouldn't fuck things up for the future generations because then we'll be the only one to blame for how fucked up everything is. Ah, uh, but no, we didn't start the fire in the 80s, but now non-voters are the problem. And this generation of college generation, and they're all terrible welfare recipients, and they're all leeching off the system, but we didn't start the fire. We didn't start the fire, but we'll fight it, but we'll just do it by doing the same shit that everybody else did for fucking ever. But we didn't start the fire. You know, maybe we should stop starting fires because to, 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 to abdicate responsibility for the, for the actions of your generation, to say that, hey, you know, let's, let's just push this off. It's fine. We can delay, 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 delay. Maybe that's not fucking working. Maybe we should start being responsible enough to say, if we're making it worse for this generation, fucking don't. You know? I mean, it's so cavalier how people are discussing Syria how people are discussing bombing a country. It's so fucking cavalier. I mean, there, there's just, you know, loss of life on the line. There's just a possible global conflict. There's just a possible draft where, where sons will be sent to die in wars that they were not prepared for. But of course, you know, the population-controlling elites, they don't care about that because they don't care if your kids die. They want population controlled. In fact, a global war would be great for them. Look up the Georgia fucking Guidestones. Look up how the entire system is bent on finding ways to treat people like cattle instead of finding ways to, 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 to promote a society where we can all have some sort of footing. Because it's better to establish a regional foothold for oil so that you can suck a country dry than it is to teach sustainability so that people could prevent from going dry in the first place. You know? I find it real fucking ironic 
that the dinosaurs went extinct and then turned into the oil that is fueling the, the industry that will make us go extinct as well. We're all going to fucking kill each other, and it's all because of governments and the way that they've been profiteering over war for resources for a very long time. And all of this is a result of people not paying the fuck attention to those who rule them. Oh, don't discuss religion and politics. Don't speak out of turn. Respect the progressive stack. Don't, 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 don't step on any toes. You might trigger somebody. That would be a problem. This society made intentionally docile by the people who protesters should be railing against right now, and those people are mostly emboldened by it. Those people are mostly uh, turned into martyrs because they stood up against X, Y, and Z, you know, target practice dummy that the state has put up. You know... People are so easily manipulated these days. It's not just the social justice warriors. It's the conservatives who think that throwing communists out of helicopters is, a, is an appropriate way to approach dialogue publicly. You know, that'll keep people rational. That'll prevent a conflict. I think they're just itching for it, and that's why they don't give a fuck what impression they give off and what, you know, the consequences of that impression are. They don't care. You know, neither do the communists who say punch a Nazi and then define everybody as a Nazi. Neither do everybody who supports a, a foreign policy of bombs and explosions in places that are full of civilians, which create terrorists. Oh, well, you know, if it creates a few terrorists, that's fine. We'll, we'll wrap them up in the end. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's continue spreading global empire. That's totally cool. And, but let's just not call it that. Let's call it giving people freedom and saving babies. You know, let's 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 feed off of the energy of people like fucking leeches, like vampires, like mosquitoes that that buzz around and cause a lot of noise and disturbance and distraction until they eventually cause an injury and suck the life out of somebody. You know. I mean, I, I, I don't mean to sound necessarily melodramatic here, but these people are deadly and they always have been. They've always been extremely focused on their agenda and extremely focused on getting you to accept it but not real focused on making sure that everybody's okay in the process not unless they can profit off of that so as always i just want you to do your own research i want you to look into these situations and i want you to look into who benefits from what and why and i want you to look into these things from the perspective of preserving your life and preserving the life liberty and property of those who follow you especially those who you produce your progeny needs you to be an active concerned citizen now because there's so much time for the elites to fuck it up for them there's so much time for the elites to make everything worse and there's only a limited amount of time uh, while you're alive which you could make tomorrow better because believe me, there's no way to make it better now. There's no way to, it's not an overnight process, and it's not going to be an overnight process. Uh, it's not going to be close. But what it could be, at least, is at least partially solved by the vigilance of citizens who give a damn. By the vigilance of citizens who are willing to stand up and do something about this shit while they can, while they have the power, while they have, 
while it's not illegal to learn this shit, when it's not 1984 and there's not controlled information, while, while it's not Brave New World and while people aren't pacified and fucking themselves into oblivion, there, there, is, there is so much uh, to be gained here and very little to lose, but people are very likely to lose that if they're not careful. And they they have a very strong tendency, especially of late, to not be careful of just to share whatever, do whatever. And I'm not even talking about the Facebook bullshit anti-fake news policy that it endorses whatever Politico and Associated Press and Snopes have to say about Situation X, name and noun. I'm talking about people just saying things because the government's told them to, you know, just parroting the line, talking points, memos, just throw it out there. The news cycle said so, it must be true. It's bullshit. If the news cycle says something, very, very seriously consider not listening to them at all. And listen to the... To the verified sources, listen to what they have to say instead of listening to secondaries. And then to evaluate that, because that might be bullshit too. In fact, it probably is. You know, just do research. Educate people you know and get everybody on board, because we don't have much fucking time left. And that's the truth. This has been Moment of Rage with Jeremiah Harding signing out and reminding you that we have so much potential for freedom as long as we get angry and as long as we do something about all of these things that need very serious attention. I encourage all of you to check out all of my other shit like Insanity is Free on Twitter. See you here Wednesday next week. We stand malignant.